Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. I'm back and I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's ass. That's how it's done. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! You're listening to Rob and Slim Interviews with Rob. Sports, am I right? And Slim. What about politics? Internet Radio's Finest. Rob and Slim Show, we're back with uh, award-winning author and artist Kevin Miner. Kevin, how's it going, guys? Good, how you doing, dude? I'm good. I'm good. Good man. You're uh, early. I hope that's okay. Yeah, no, that's 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 fine. Uh, what? Um, we we're just taking a quick break. Um, where are you, dude? Michigan? Yeah, I'm in Michigan. I live in the uh, Metro Detroit area. Cool, cool. And your book is is awesome. It's it's mega awesome. It's it's a uh, mega awesome uh, notebook. I see what you did there. <laughs> you like that but um when we first followed each other on twitter i'm like this this looks so cool so cool and i think i messaged you asking if you were published and you said yeah and then you asked if i wanted a a copy of it and i was like yeah dude my my son would love that and he loved it he loved the book i love the book too it's really good really good oh t- thank you very much it's a uh, very very generous praise there i appreciate it and, you know, the more you say that, I'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> I know he was mad at me though, because I'm like, you know, William, my son. I was like, you know, I read it before I sent it to you. Uh, that way, I can interview Kevin and talk to him about it. And he was like, "You're not allowed to read that book. It was signed for me, Daddy." And uh, yeah, no, that, <laughs> that started some beef, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he, he got you with this. one, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, this yeah. is, yeah. That should yeah, have been mine yeah, first. Marcus territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I wanted to ask too. It's it's such a cool concept and all. It's um, an as- aspiring uh, sketch artist, and uh, he microwaves his book on accident one morning, and it comes to life in the middle of like school. It's it's a really yeah. cool concept. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It, the uh, he microwaves his book with a on a styrofoam plate and the metal binding in the styrofoam in the in the uh, in the notebook. Uh, mixes gases from the styrofoam, which, which obviously makes the pictures in this book come to life. Um, you know, because what other scientific thing could happen from that uh, combination, of course, right? Right, yeah. that's what I thought. I'm and, like, you uh, had it. You, you definitely <laughs> had this. At least happened to you once. Two things you should never put into the microwave. <laughs> yeah. wave put yeah. it, there. Um, it, it, it It actually, when I was a kid, uh, it, that did happen to me. And I've always thought it was just, I, I would stop for whatever reason, Metal in the microwave, though, like, I do not recommend doing it. Uh, and I, I definitely ruined our microwave when I was a kid because I tried to make uh, tried to make popcorn, like, in a plastic bowl, and I put um, tinfoil over the top of it. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking you just put the whole Jiffy Pop thing and, in, the, in the microwave. Well, <laughs> well it's, it's, it's actually dawning on me. Uh, so my mom, 
she said, hey, I want to I make sure I, I uh, listen tonight. I said, yeah, sure. And I sent her the link. It was dawning on me. I don't think I've ever actually told her the story. <laughs> so she might be finding out. Oh, so she's like, just now. she thought it just was like a malfunction. Now she's yeah, going to be like, Kevin, you, you're well, the I, one. You're the one. I was going to ask, like, what did you tell her happened to the microwave? <laughs> well, well, like, if I remember correctly, I think it was like one of the first times I was like left alone at home by myself. And I didn't want to admit that I'd like jacked up the microwave. <laughs> 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 and uh, so I, I think I, I think I spun some... Uh, some uh, half truths about what really what I really did. You know, I, I might have left out the part about uh, I might have said something like, "Yeah, I don't know. It's weird." It's so it funny because one of my friends just the other day at work was like, I said something about his wife had read uh some online that uh I forget what he, what he said. He's like, "You could uh, microwave a baked potato in tinfoil if you put it in a paper bag." And he's like, "No, that's it doesn't oh. work." So I can tell either him or his wife are like, "Yeah, let's try this." And yeah, no, it still don't work. <laughs> People are still trying to that get around like a that. Way to start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If you put but, paper over it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wet paper towel. Yeah, yeah the, the paper will drown up the spark. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, it's it's an awesome book. It hit on some real stuff too. It hit on like stuff like don't yeah. don't ignore your problems. It dealt with like the kids, uh, parents being divorced, and and just like approaching the girl you like. And it did. It had some awesome stuff, but it also had some amazing. Uh, stuff in there too, like Tom Sawyer. The Tom Sawyer and the uh, Edgar Allan Poe were just some of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in, in the book, the, the kids' doodles come to life, and he he uses his notebook to kind of escape whatever he's doing in the moment. So for a lot of it, it's escaping what he's doing in school, but then it kind of takes a turn, like as you said, where it's he's escaping all of his problems in there, and like he he kind of uses. His book is his, his notebook is this piece of escapism to to ignore the fact that you know he feels awkward or he feels bullied or and then uh, once the pictures come to life he literally has to deal with those problems instead of putting them in his notebook and you know just kind of pushing them to the side like he's he's forced to confront them and, and two what is it what is it when he first draws uh dude and little creation it's like these little things and uh yeah. and who erases them he tries to erase them who makes them dud and little cretin. Is that him or is that dude? Yeah. It, that, that is the, the creator does that to him. Uh, so uh, just to mess with him, because <laughs> in, in the story, his first, the first thing he creates is just a little uh, drawing of like a little man. And uh, it's very much kind of like representing the kid's ego or excuse me, his id, right? He just, just wants to have fun and, you know, do things like, like fast and, uh, play and whatever, and uh, the creator is very much the the ego in the relationship, and so like they're they're in conflict a lot of the book, trying to kind of resolve that id ego um, relationship. And uh, one of the things the creator does is he gives them names, and then he uh, takes them away, uh, or he makes a joke out of their names by changing their names from Dud and Little Creation to uh, or from Dude and Little Creation to Dud and Little Cretan. So <laughs> I love that. I love it. I, and it became like a fight, too, between him and Dud. Like, they they were both drawing, uh, and then they had this big war. They both drew, like, th what they could draw, and then all those all those creations went to war together. It's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing book, yeah. man. It, it re it's really cool, really creative. And I wanted to ask, too, I saw in the credits, is it uh, siblings of yours that worked on you with it? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my two older brothers are um, very talented illustrators and artists. And uh, so the, the book is a mix of um, notebook pages and then a mix of uh, traditional comic book pages. And you'll see uh, the main character who really, actually, I, I never named him very specifically uh, in the book, but uh, when he's going through his day, it's it's like a traditional comic book page, but then you see what he sees in his notebook and it's more like drawing. And my brothers did the traditional comic book pages. So my brother Jake uh, drew them, my brother Matt inked them. I did the digital, I did the digital colors and then my brother Matt did the uh, lettering. And uh, on top of that, they have two daughters who are both in their teens and I said, this is kind of a teen uh, leveled book, you know, at least I'm, t- I'm talking about teens. And, and, and I said, and, I, and they're actually very good artists in their own right for their age. And so I asked them to draw me pictures. So I, I scattered some doodles of theirs in the, in the book. That's so cool. And, that is uh, so cool. Yeah. And, and so that way they can get a professional credit while they're still in high school. And on top of that, it ended up being like an award-winning book. So I'm like, I, I I'm, you know, throwing this out there a lot to them, like, hey, you guys don't realize you have a lot of pressure on you that you are now award-winning artist. You got a lot to live up to. So, yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, so, so you owe me some free artwork in the future when, I, when I'm doing my next book. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what, um, that's what William wanted me to ask you, Kevin. He wanted me to ask you what your next book is going to be. Um, right now, uh, I'm working on a few different projects right now, and nothing is, like, really ready to talk about. They're kind of all in pitch phase and development phase. Um, but I can tell you that uh, when that's ready to go, I'll definitely be throwing you guys uh, some review copies to check Absolutely. out again. Absolutely. And um, I want to ask, too, with, with your brothers also uh, were, were doing the same type of work. When you were younger, did you all guys did you guys do it then, and did it ever turn into, like, a competition? It, I wouldn't say it was a competition. They're, they're quite a bit older than I am. I was... Um, uh, I, I'm 10 years younger than Jake and 13 year, years younger than Matt. And uh, so I was uh, I was a surprise. So they should have uh, stopped very you. Welcome surprise. <laughs> they should have stopped you from uh, destroying the microwave. Is, is what I'm hearing here. Oh yeah. It's, it's, so yeah, it's their fault. They should have been watching me, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, they they, uh, they they taught me so much of what I know, and uh, cool. you know, it, it's just a few years ago when I when I finished up college. It's actually it's more than a few years ago now. <laughs> Um, but when I was finishing up college, I, I didn't train in art or, uh, anything like that. And, uh, they did. And I just always did it as a hobby and we decided that we wanted to start a studio and, uh, we still do to a certain degree, but for a while we were working as a three band studio where Jake would pencil, Matt would ink, and I would do digital colors. And we did some work for Moonstone where we did Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Uh, we did covers and some interiors there. Uh, and did some work with Katie Cook on her uh, webcomic Gronk. Uh, Jake did a few other books like Action Man and uh, he did another one for Moonstone. And then we then we all did a book for SourcePoint Press called No Rest for the Wicked, which is like a supernatural Western. Nice. And, uh, and we all have day jobs, so we, we kind of just, we pick our spots with our projects and then we figure out something we can all work on and we kind of clear out time and we do it. But we can't always... You're like okay, what's the next project? Because like like for me, like I just had two kids in the last three years. Yeah, so I've got I've got a little boy, got a little boy, a little girl, and they are 
adorable, but my hands are, are full right now. I'm <laughs> trying That's to find awesome. time to do the next thing. Yeah. yeah. And that, is that what I was going to, I was going to ask, what is Universe M? Is that yours and your brother's uh, website? That, yeah, Universe M is our studio website. Um, and so like that's that's where we house like a lot of our stuff. Nice. But um right right now, uh we're we're kind of in between projects as a as a studio. And actually Jake just branched off and started doing uh like these customizable action figures that you swap off the parts cool. and you, you color them individually. And so cool. it's like he's in his day job he's a toy designer. That's amazing. That's cool. That's, so, cool. That's a great, uh, yeah. like, an inside, too. Like, yeah, if you ever want to go about, you know, uh, toy designing and all, you you guys do it all. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we try, to, try to keep people on their toes. Don't want anybody to put us in the, uh, the <laughs> pigeonhole. Us, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> do, would you ever, um, or have you ever, have you guys ever done, like, animation? Never done animation. Uh, I've dabbled in it for fun, but I've never, I've never really dove in and tried to animate something completely. Um, I don't even know if I should talk about this. Uh, I did talk with a couple of animation studios about Mega Awesome Notebook, and it, you know, went through some of the early phases, but nothing ever came of it. But okay, it was, but it was yeah. cool. Because so, even going, as uh, I was reading it, I'm like, I, this I would be really cool. I'm sorry, Kev. I, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off, but as I was reading it, I'm like, this would be really cool, like animated. Like, I, it, it definitely would be. Definitely. Uh, well, well, kind of a funny story there is that when I first uh, pitched the book to Matt and Jake, I wanted this, I wanted us to do it as a project, like the three of us. And uh, I, I kind of did like a mock up of the entire first issue, and uh, I showed it to them, and they just went, "This would be really cool animated." But we don't think it'll work as a book. Wow! Wow! I was going to ask because yeah, it is like three or four parts, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I originally, I originally did it like it would be like a four-part miniseries, and then we'd be collected into a graphic novel. And uh, talking with a few different um, comic book companies about it, and they're kind of like, "It's cool, but I don't know what to do with it." Like they couldn't put it in a category. They couldn't say. It's sci-fi. They can say it's a drama. Or, you know what I mean? And it, and so, like, I was kind of in this, this weird space where they'd say, this is cool, but what is it, right? Yeah. And then eventually I took it over to Shipper Publishing, and they said, it's a YA graphic novel. And done. And they, they, they snatched it up real quick, and they were awesome. That and, is. Uh, uh, they, they, they were incredible to partner with, so I'm, I'm very fortunate it worked out the way that it did. I love hearing that too. Like where, yeah, you you dealt with other people that were like, we don't think we could do anything with this, and then you you found one that did. Like, so that's a cool thing to hear. Like, yeah, so don't don't give up. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, once in a while, I get people ask me like, well, how do you break in the comic book industry? And my answer is usually something like, you know, read up, practice, figure out what you want to do, get you know, and then make something. Try to make something that's complete front to back as much as you can, and then pitch it, and then be prepared for people to say no. Because mm. all it takes is for one person to say yes. Yeah. Like one of my favorite cartoonists is um, Gary Larson from The Far Side. I think I think he's absolutely brilliant. And I read somewhere that he'd been like denied like fifteen hundred times or something. Wow. Because I mean, if you've ever read. If you've ever read the, the Far Side, it's just one panel, and it's really kind of this dry, weird kind of humor. 
that if you give it to the wrong person, it doesn't re- resonate with them. And so, like, if you get an editor who are just like, what is this? Oh, why is this alligator, you know, talking to a coyote? What is it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Or why, why are these cows always talking? Like, why, why is this scientist a cow? I don't understand. <laughs> and so uh, it took somebody to really champion him, and then he caught on. And and I felt like at Shipper um, with Tracy Groff, like, she saw it, and she got it, like, immediately. And she was, like, my initial editor who worked with me on it. She got it just, like, so quick, and she was like, this is okay. Yeah, and, like, I was like, like I, thought, I if I remember correctly, I feel like I hadn't even, like, finished my pitch. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. That's amazing. She just got it right away. That's and cool. it's nice to get that back in validation where it gets some like awards and gets highlighted and stuff like for some like reporters use magazine and stuff like that. It's their book of the month. And, you uh, know, like, uh, sorry, sorry Kevin. I, I was going to say too, when I was, when I was reading it, I was, uh, I was reading it. I had my notebook next to me, um, to take notes. And there was a couple times in the pages that looked like notebooks. I almost started like writing it. Like, <laughs> it was like confusing. I'm like, I got two notebooks. Like oh. it really looks like, yeah, like oh. it's, it's, it's a notebook and it's got even the spiral, the spiral rings on it, yeah. on it too. Oh, kind wow. of like, it's, it's really cool. I, really cool. I, I pushed really hard and failed to make it an actual notebook with spiral binding. It's, it's um, super cool. I think it would have been so cool, but Schiffer and I think rightfully so said, we can't have pages that are like easily you should rip them out or they'll fall yeah. out yeah. into the spiral notebook. And I'm like, and I was like, that is a fair counterpoint because who hasn't had a spiral notebook and had the pages get all crappy and weird? Yeah, but it actually and, does uh, appear like it is though. It's got even outside it. Uh, it kind of looks like it's kind of printed, but it still looks like it's got the spiral. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, I still made sure I, I still made sure that it implies it on the cover and the back cover when I designed it. Yeah, it, it's um, it's great. It's, it's a, great all around. You should convince thank you, thank them. You. you should convince them that you can release a special edition so they know yeah. what they're getting. Like, <laughs> uh, I I did throw that out there actually, and I think I I'd annoyed them to that point. They said, I think the exact quote was, "Yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> Enough about the spiral. <laughs> Enough, Kevin. Enough, we'll Kevin. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done two, Kevin? Have you ever had like a book signing? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I go around to cons, uh, and I give talks like at schools and things like that. Um, and I'll and I'll do. I've done book signings at stores too that are you know local to me that I can easily get to and drive to That's and cool. uh, to your point when you're saying when you're talking about the uh, uh, the, the notebook paper in there uh, I've, uh, I've oftentimes if somebody asked me so I never even thought about this like, will you draw dud like right on the main page like on the front title page I'm like actually there's enough room I can draw dud right there that's great that's cool so, like uh, so that's funny I've actually drawn in people's books in there and I've left like other pictures in there like you know like her friends like I'll drop something like halfway through the book and I'll drop something in there that's and awesome it. so it, it, it's it's fun the format allows you to kind of do some stuff like yeah that. and it, it's totally special uh, more special at that point yeah. like that you did that that's super cool I was yeah. gonna ask too like what's one of the coolest things you've had a kid tell you about the book um I think the best thing that I've had happen from like a kid review is uh, I, I got some, like I've gotten some fan art. Like the first time I got fan art, like I was just, I was so thrilled. I, I couldn't so believe cool. it. Um, you know, 
there was that, but also just the idea, like, it, it's usually parents telling me stuff by proxy from their kid uh, when they say, like, you know, my son doesn't like to read, but he loves your book. Like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like there's no greater compliment, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, like, because I, I, I was, I think I was that kid, I, like, I liked to read uh, in general, but, like, I did have a hard time with novels and, like, staying engaged and things like that. And I loved comic books, and I, I found them much more accessible. And, um, you know, my mom is an English teacher and to her, like reading is reading, you know, like read as much, like she, she just encouraged me to read as much as I could. And she didn't like, uh, knock comic books as a medium, uh, for storytelling or anything like that. She just wanted me to read. And so like, if a kid gets that out of this, like that makes me incredibly happy. Cause I, I, a couple of summers ago, my sons were up and we did the uh, summer reading program at the library. And yeah, my oldest, he's, he's that way too. He doesn't like it, but I did, I let him get some like, you know, younger kid graphic novels and he, he was reading those. Mm-hmm. So that is cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool to hear yeah. that, that, yeah, that's, that, that's still like a book. So I, I was going to ask cause you just said your mother was an English major. So she didn't look at your book and was like, ah, oh, too many pictures. <laughs> Or did she proofread it? Did, did she did she proofread it? Yeah, she's an English teacher. Uh, no, she uh, she didn't proofread it. My wife did, uh, and she is very good, and, and I think relished in any time she found uh, any spelling or grammar mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she enjoyed it a little too much, but she was, she has like such a great critical eye. Um, I know I showed my mom some early stuff, and and I think my mom was just like more proud that uh, I was making it. And because uh, she she'd seen me do this kind of stuff from when I was a kid, and uh, even um, like like a little like like my dad died like a couple years ago, and we went home, and I was like cleaning out some stuff in my room, and and uh, my wife saw this stack of like sketchbooks that I had that was probably like two feet high, and she just started looking through them, and she's like, she's like mega awesome notebook makes like a lot of sense right now. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I was going to say, so, oh, sorry. So I think my mom kind of saw that. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think my mom saw that too, because she, she would see so much of what I would catch in the Roxanne show her all the time. And so uh, I, I think that when she saw me making this, like, I think she got that, you know, or yeah. at least saw the roots of that from one of the kids. I, I, I love too. I, I, I went uh, and I saw your DeviantArt page. I love the Masters of the Universe stuff you did. Like, are you a child of the 80s oh. or 90s? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like a weird, I'm like a weird, uh, mix. Um, because my brothers are so much older. I was very in tune to stuff from the eighties, even though I was really young. Okay. So I was born in 83. So like I was around, but like, yeah. I know like way more about eighties music and cartoons and sci-fi and pop culture than any of my contemporaries. Cause they're more kind of nineties. That's when, you know, so like, that that's just when you're kind of coming of age a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so, so like I, I, I definitely, I think I, I go back and forth and that, that matches the universe piece. I, uh, that was, I was hired to do that at a con, uh, as a commission from, uh, somebody who did this really cool jam piece where they went around to all these different artists and I'm, I'm already blanking on some of the names, but they had my brother, Matt, Josh Skeletor, my brother, Jake drew, uh, He-Man, I think little Jones drew one. Wow. I need it in front of me. I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's listed on the DeviantArt page. Mm. But um, uh, but the guy who commissioned it, uh, he had me do the di- digital colors after the fact. 
And okay. so it's cool to kind of work on that jam piece where a different artist drew each of the different characters. That's amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah. I wanted to ask too, if you had the chance to work on anything from the 80s or 90s, any, any animation or, or comic, what, what would it be? What would your choice be? Oh, geez. Um, like specifically like something like, uh, I, I think it'd have to be G.I. Joe. It have to. I I I love GI Joe, and uh, actually, I just actually just uh, my brother Jake uh, just started selling. We had this like extensive GI Joe collection that was uh, mostly built when we were adults. <laughs> when we were kids. <laughs> um, but like you know, it had like all the staples, like the Terradrome and like the USS Flag, like the big battleship. Like it was basically everything we wanted to get when we were kids, but we couldn't. That, then, I did like, that when I got older with Transformers. I did the same thing when I got older in my twenties with Transformers, oh. and I bought all the ones I wanted oh. or had and broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you and you like set them off. You're like it's amazing, and then you just kind of like now what? Yeah, then, then I ended up selling <laughs> but, uh, them. I ended up selling them years later, but it was just cool. It was just cool to have for a while. But, yeah. If you look, if you look at a Deviant Art page, I'm pretty sure there's um, Jake did a tryout for Devil's Due, um, where he uh, did just like a couple pages for him when they still had the GI Joe license before I believe IDW took it. Okay. And so Jake did a couple pages there, and then I I did the digital colors on him, and uh, we had a blast doing them, and like we actually had like this eight pager story written up where we're, we're like if they like this like we had this eight pager story written up where like um they were like on a rescue mission we're infiltrating like a, like a jungle hideout where uh like a, another joe was being like interrogated and like we had it all like storyboarded out in case uh devils do liked it and then like uh the the property like just hands like while we were doing that so, oh man never so ended up doing that I was going to say, too, I don't know if you've seen, like, they've redone uh, G.I. Joe figures recently. Are you ever in the store and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, I want to spend, like, $500 right now, <laughs> but I got to be an adult. Yeah, I've seen I've seen those, and they're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely the, the uh, piece of me that's saying I need to control myself. Yeah. I saw, I is, think, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, and I was just like, he, he Sergeant Slaughter was one of my favorites because he was a wrestler, and then he was G.I. Joe, and I just remember the intro of the oh, show yeah. when he was, like, crouching on the tank and just ready to pounce i'm like oh my god well i think i think he was like one of the first characters they did that had like muscles too yes like uh i, I remember like it was i don't know it's probably late 80s when they started doing characters that had muscles it was probably inspired by like predator uh yeah. to be <laughs> the way i think about it and uh actually jake actually jake did a fun thing where he was customizing figures and he made the entire predator line up and like he even uh did like the little mtv logo and like painted it on uh like the chest of uh i can't remember the name of the character for jesse the body ventura but you know gave him like a gatling gun and everything yeah and yeah like he, he uh he posted them on instagram and his instagram page lit up a little bit from it nice joe collectors were very uh very interested that that's interesting that you said that was the first character that had muscles because that is like the 80s was kind of very slick and like smooth and then it was the 90s that was like muscular yeah. and action-packed and gritty and like all the pecs came in the, the 90s I, I, I mean i could i could be wrong about that I, uh but I I, right he's the first one i remember that had like the big the, the big arms mm-hmm 
And I remember, I remember just thinking that was like the coolest thing. Yeah, that, like because shipwreck looked like me. Like, shipwreck was like, <laughs> look at this skinny guy in his his thirties over here. <laughs> <laughs> Even Duke, Duke was a he was a he was a, he was a hunk, but yeah, no, he still didn't have didn't have the bulges that Sarge had. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and you know, so I mean, like when you put Sergeant Slaughter next to those guys, you're kind of like, gee, I wonder who's kind of the, the the biggest baddest dude here. Yeah. I think it's that guy, <laughs> Cobra Commander too. He wasn't. He wasn't big. None of them. None of them were. No, no, no. I remember the the hooded Cobra Commander. I always thought that was like like a really cool version of him that they did. Yeah. And then they and then they they did the later the other one that was kind of like chromed out one who was almost kind of robotic, but he was so cool too. I feel like too though, like Masters of the Masters of the Universe was like the trial because all those like figures and drawings they were all ripped. He, all the Masters of the Universe guys. Oh, all right. So yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't. Even, that just hit me. Yeah, it was like pretty much all of them, all of them, unless unless you were uh, the little wizard Orko or like Ram Man. But still, Ram Man was like just—he <laughs> was a solid brick of man. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, they—they—they they, they were like the, the run. They were like they the, the started trial the run. extreme era. Yeah, and then after that, we're like, yeah, we all got to do that. <laughs> we all, yeah. I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't doubt if there's a connection between the two toy lines where they're looking at the popularity of He-Man. It's like GI Joe designers looking at the popularity of He-Man. They're like, maybe we should bulk up our guys a little bit. Yeah, I—I um, I wouldn't be surprised if that. If, if that happens, I'm sure they study each other. But just because uh, even uh, thinking about it, like 80s and earlier than that, like a lot of the animation, like superheroes and stuff, they weren't ripped. They weren't. They were just very sleek and smooth. Transformers too. They were just yeah. very like very clean. Yup. Oh right. yeah. Kevin, thank you I, so much, though, dude. It's been a blast oh, talking yeah, to you, man. Um, where can everybody find yeah, you? you? And where can everybody find Mega Awesome Notebook? Okay. Well, um, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for having me on. It, it was a blast. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great to just kind of talk to some 80s stuff, too, on top of it. I didn't see that one coming. That was fun. Um, for, Mega, for Mega Awesome Notebook, uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it online through Barnes & Noble. You can get it online through Walmart or Target. Um, you can order it through your local comic shops, uh, through previews. Uh, and you can also get it from Shipper Publishing uh, directly. Um, you can always you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is kminer58. You can find me on Instagram at uh, universemgo, uh, and that's just uh, that's just the whole thing. <laughs> no spaces or dashes or anything. And then my website, as we mentioned before, is uh, universe-m.com. That's pretty much it. Awesome, Kevin. You've also made me aware that I, you've also made me aware that I need to update my DeviantArt page. I don't think I've done that. <laughs> I don't know. I saw it today, and I'm like, oh, this is the best. I'm gonna. Uh, this is the best DeviantArt page I've ever seen. <laughs> well, well, if you're interested in uh, No Rest for the Wicked, the Supernatural Western, I believe the first like ten pages I put up on there. Yeah, that like sounds amazing too. Yeah, just the concept of it, Supernatural Western. Like, yeah, that sounds really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. No problem, dude. Thanks, thanks again. Thanks for everything. And yeah, I'll definitely be looking out for a, another book too. All right, guys. Thank you. No, right. no problem, Kev. Have a good night, man. All right, you too, guys. Hello. We'll be back in a few with uh, puppeteer Michael McCormick. Hello, hello, Michael. Michael McCormick. This is uh, Robinson. Oh yeah. 
How are Hi, you? Hi, Rob. How are you? Great, great, Michael. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was uh, interesting. Uh, it was just my wife and I. We canceled with everybody else, and she cooked anyway and then delivered food to their homes. Oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, kind of amazing. Yeah. But it was uh, it was good, just uh, close to home. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I, I just spent it with my parents. My mom cooked, and it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, it may turn out to be <laughs> certainly a, a a safe and probably quite gratifying Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did did the family tip your wife when she delivered? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Right. She came home with tons of bottles of wine. And <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oops. Missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I, oh, I, I know Lord. we had we had spoken, Michael. Um, a little an email, and you. I wanted to ask: Have uh, you ever considered having a show of your own? being so talented oh that's an interesting thought i don't know how do you put that together i didn't know i didn't know how like how yeah. how does that like from being a puppeteer how does that is that a whole nother like level having like a produced show uh yeah i don't i don't know i uh, you know producing the my own show my own puppet show over the years was a tremendous effort and, uh, of course, it was all live all the time, so it was, uh, you know, exhausting and, uh, and uh, gratifying, fulfilling, all of those things at the same time it definitely uh, gave me huge advantages in terms of uh, joining the, you know, the entertainment world, and it was, uh, you know, really good at every level that way, but it was a tremendous effort, tremendous. It took me over a year and a half to build my puppets alone. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like for you, like to to get your own televised show, would that be like a whole other, whole other uh, animal at that point? Oh, it yeah, it would be. It would be. It. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, puppeteers are. There are more of them now than I think ever in my lifetime before. Wow, that's surprising uh, to hear too. That, yeah, there's. Uh, but it might be interesting to have some kind of communication line you know other than uh, pinterest or whatever mm. you know for those people to uh, sort of focus focus their attentions but it, yeah it would be pretty interesting to do that yeah i i got some questions about the puppet show that you uh produced you you had to hire puppeteers for that correct or uh that... for my own show yeah no, it was uh, my son and I, and that was it. Oh, uh, okay, He cool. was doing the outside bit, and I performed all the other puppets myself. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a tricky, tricky I show was, to uh, learn to do it. You can work yeah. multiple, you can work multiple puppets at once? Well, yeah, yeah, two and sometimes two and a half, so to speak. Oh, just, you okay. know, the one, one puppet be carrying something or something like that another puppet but yeah yeah definitely keeps your hands and your brain busy yeah i was doing doing multiple you know voices and uh and trying to uh and, and the only thing there's no way to write a script for that type of stuff i mean it's a really quite impromptu huh. improvisational kind of stuff but uh the, and it it because uh, you're doing things that uh you know saying and the puppets are performing in ways that are and 
particularly appeal to an audience, and that audience does not always have the same focus. So, you know, you have uh, an opportunity to actually work on characterization and developing the puppets and what they might say if somebody, you know, yells something. In, in England, you know, there's a tremendous amount of interpersonal sort of, uh, what do you want to call it, a communication going on between the audience and the uh, puppeteer in the in the tradition of the pantomime. So there's a play back and forth between audience and uh, and puppets. So but similar... It uh, keeps, your, keeps your mind jumping. Similar to doing like stand-up comedy then, Yeah, right? almost. Like where, yeah, you are, you're interacting right then mm-hmm. and there. That's right, and you're and you're uh, responding to a, a kibitzing audience all the time. If you're, you know, those kinds of situations. Yeah, heckler or any to... of that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Hey, have you ever had to deal with hecklers? Oh yeah, I mean often. Yeah. Wow. I, even we performed at the Magic Castle, my son and I, and oh, that's uh, awesome. Were accepted for membership and stuff. Oh. And, and uh, my son was only about 10, 11 at the time, and uh, and there was heckling, and he handled it beautifully. Wow. You know, it just uh, was amazing. I was wondering that, too, because, like, every now and then my sons will, uh, you know, they'll, they'll express an interest in, like, I want to start a YouTube channel. And just me knowing the kind of people that have attacked us on there, like, my, part of me is, like, I want to protect you. I don't want you doing that. But, like, it, yeah. it, 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 it's it's crazy. It's crazy, like, that your son would yeah, have had to deal yeah. with that at that age. And it was, it was you know, kind of good. Uh, there were some very famous magicians in the audience that night. And uh, uh, Goldfinger and Dove. I don't know if you know the magic world, but uh, very, a little bit. very good magician. And uh, they sent a message back congratulating my son for the way he handled the audience, cool. which I thought was terrific. Yes, I think he still has it. Is, is there yeah. is there a lot of crossover between uh, uh, the magic and um, puppeteering? Like, do you practice or your yeah, son knows any magic? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. I perform a few things. In the little show that that we did, uh, and uh, so it was, it it crossed over between the the magic world and the punch and it always has, it always has, uh, and it's it, you know you have to figure that it's 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 an illusion itself, you know the puppetry, right. yeah. I mean because people are relating these little figures, whatever the hell they are, with you know as though they were real. Yeah. So it's uh, it. Uh, it definitely is illusory in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I was going to ask what too. What I love about it. Have you ever had something go horribly wrong at a show that uh, you had to either recover from quickly or or couldn't recover from? Oh yeah, always, always. Uh, uh, but uh, I mean, the things that happen, you know, that are absolutely magical, uh, are are more uh, abundant. Let me say that uh, it's it's much. Uh, uh, more positive than it is negative. I mean, there are negative moments, and uh, but uh, I mean, you have to keep your wits about you. That's for sure. But uh, it's uh, and it's you know with somebody working out front, sort of it like Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. When when Fran was outside talking to the puppets, uh, that's sort of the role my son has as what they call the bottler, mm. uh, and he collects the money and. Uh, and uh, you know, does that part of the show? And he was—it was very successful when he was little. I don't know if he's as successful now that he's this big guy. 
but uh, he's not he's not near as charming <laughs> none of us are no we get too big you can't yeah, mark it yeah same. too big for being cute yeah. Yeah, right. oh my but, god uh, but yeah it went on we we you know performed all the way through uh the making of uh, labyrinth and in, in london uh, my son and i every chance we had we performed on the streets so it uh, we were probably the most successful local punch and judy show at the time in london so that has to create kind of, uh, some of the greatest memories too like i uh, everyone oh, has yeah. memories of their yeah. childhood that's that's amazing that's that's some cool really yeah cool I, we had uh uh it's just you have to understand mr punch gets up to some pretty evil stuff and uh uh i mean they're putting the puppets away and all of a sudden this uh little voice uh, my son came up and said, there's a young lady out here who would like to have a word with Mr. Punch. And I said, oh, oh just a minute. I'll see if he's in kind of thing. And so Punch comes up, obviously, and uh, and the little girl proceeded to interview him. And she started by saying, Mr. Punch, why do you do it? And this little girl, was she was probably about seven. And it was just... Amazing! So you talk, you just gobsmacked. What do I say? Why is Mr. <laughs> why why <laughs> this beautiful little child is asking me? Why do you do it? You, you have to explain <laughs> yourself as a yeah. puppy. You have to have exactly. a whole backstory. Exactly. <laughs> it was just a you know just a rare moment. Yes. Why do you do it? <laughs> this is after he's thrown the baby out the window and you know, what, a number of things. What was his answer? Yeah, what, what did Punch say? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Punch does some, uh, he, well, he starts out in the, in the traditional show. The first thing he does is he sort of kicks a dog. <laughs> and uh, in England, that's like the, the height of, <laughs> Of, of terrible behavior <laughs> and, uh, and uh, the dog of course is biting his nose and uh, hanging on and uh and that's when he gets outraged and kind of you know gets rid of the dog and then the dog's owner which is scaramouche you know from the old uh, comedia figures and uh, punch resolves that situation by knocking his head completely off so, you know, and that's for starters. <laughs> that's uh, just yeah. the beginning, yes. <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah, right. You can see that the, we have uh, occasion uh, uh, little old ladies chasing us down the street with their bumper shoot. You know, it's, it's, uh, there are people who don't appreciate the show and think we should have moved beyond it. Yeah. But I say it's, it's in pretty good shape for a show that's probably at least 600 years old. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say too, uh, Michael. I saw too um, on on the internet that um, when you were on this, uh, when you were on the set of Jedi, you were actually injured. Correct? Oh God, yes, yeah, terrible injury kept me from doing puppets for over a year. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I I uh, I did a like you know a separation of the ligament on my left shoulder, and it was uh, it was. Uh, maybe the worst single thing that's ever happened to me. But yeah, I was still not working very well when I went on to uh, Labyrinth after oh, Jedi. But, wow. Yeah, because I feel like that could be something that could maybe end a career uh, as a puppeteer. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, I easily could have. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've since had the shoulder replaced, which is uh, a weird trip in itself. Both my shoulders have been replaced with uh, stainless steel. I was going to ask too. Yeah, what what uh, what is the lifetime of puppeteering? What kind of toll does it take on the body? Because I'm sure it's different than uh, a lifetime of working at a cash register or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things, particularly with the Muppets like Frank Oz or Jim, who's you know uh, Davy Golds, those guys that at the top of the of the business that uh, they've had their uh, vascular structure of their uh, puppeteering arm the one that's always aloft uh, and, and the veins structure. And it is like twice the size of a normal, a normal arm. Wow. So they're, they're, you know, pumping a lot of blood up into that arm. Yeah. Cause I, I have friends and too. Uh, yeah. One of my friends is a, a barber and he just says the way that the barbers stand, it affects your body differently. Cause oh, you're yeah. kind of like lean forward sure, and yeah. all. So yeah, it's, it's gotta be a yeah. totally different thing. Yeah. And, and you figure they don't make, ergonomic puppets you know whatever it is you've got to hold it up there on your hand yeah. one way or another I, I don't want to hold my arm so out it's... straight for 10 minutes like that that's got to be a yeah. lot a lot of stress yeah. on, on the body yeah 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 it can get pretty stressful but uh yeah and you know there's so many things happening at the same time where you're you know uh, remembering basic uh, lines to move the story forward, uh, what the puppet is doing, what the constantly being interrupted by kids in the audience. Uh, uh, so it's 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 uh, it tends it. You, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I don't know another profession quite like it, yeah. or anything like it for that matter. Right. But it's. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a strange thing. <laughs> Let I me saw, put it that way. I saw too. You spent six years in Ireland performing and lecturing on on puppeteering, correct? Yeah. I, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been back about. Uh, I, I don't know. That was about. I've been back about twelve, twelve, fourteen years. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, I was there for uh, six years and working uh, specifically. I was doing puppets at the National Wax Museum. And but I, I knew there's a fellow who has my same last name, spelled exactly the same, everything, who is the aging professor of puppetry in the theater department at Trinity. So I went over and I did a couple of lectures, you know, for him about Punch and Judy and stuff. But he's an active puppeteer as well. And so is his daughter. Ow. She does one of those famous Judy and Punch shows. <laughs> the new feminist show. <laughs> oh, they've changed it? He's it's it's got a whole new spin on it? So does that, is Judy the mean one in those? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I could tell you otherwise, but I don't know of one of them that has been successful for any length of time. Wow. It, wow. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, she, <laughs> Punch is about dominant male behavior. And is its own criticism in doing that. You know, yes. I mean, it's, it's it's obviously it's drawing to attention yes. just exactly about male behavior, which is under attack at the moment. Yeah. And if you reverse if you reverse that, it doesn't work for a female in that role. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it she just can't can't find herself evil enough to it's, get up to Punch's standards. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, going back to like All in the Family. Uh, you know, it, it, he was a racist, but it exposed how ignorant it was. It, it, it yeah, worked. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's that kind of thing. It works because that's what it is. That's a formula. And if you change it, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. Exactly. 
And it's so interesting, the, the speed with which these social conventions that we sort of get involved with, how quickly they seem to be changing in our own time. Yeah. It, uh, uh, and, and, and moving forward with these great leaps and bounds that I think are going to come back to haunt us. Yeah. We haven't allowed this stuff to sort of move at a comfortable speed, but we've been forcing the issues. Yeah. I mean, we're right in the middle of it at the moment, aren't we, with uh, our uh, leadership? But it's, uh, uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's like a fierce fight, and it's like, yeah, what's what's going to be the outcome? What's going to be the outcome? Like, yeah, there's yeah, got to be yeah, a middle ground. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny because everybody talks about outcome, which suggests a finality in this, and there isn't one. We're procedural, right. right? It's a procedure. We go forward with procedure. There's no end to it. Yeah. You know, we just uh, we just are endlessly bathed in human stupidity, and that seems to be the nature of history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, there's, if there's an opportunity to make a mistake, we will take it. We'll do it, or someone else will. If we don't take it, someone else oh, will. <laughs> that's it. That's well, it. if the world wasn't like it, that, we wouldn't have any entertainment. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, ex- well, exactly, exactly, exactly. I, I think of but, George I mean, Carlin. You know, it was like. Yesterday, there were so many sort of forbidden issues to deal with that we couldn't handle socially, right? Yeah. Or didn't want to handle socially. And then, bing, bang, something goes click, and we're, 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 we've reversed tables on the whole thing, and all those issues become the popular issues of the moment. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fascinating to me the way the human behavior functions like that. Yeah. Uh, last week, it was unforgivable. This week, it's a you know, it's our pride as, <laughs> as creatures to have these wonderful abilities to do whatever. That's uh, it. That's it. I was thinking, too, of George Carlin. One of his quotes that I loved was like, being born in America, you have a front row seat to the to the freak show. You really do. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I loved that, you know, the, the whole uh, P.T. Barnum period of, uh, you know, that kind of uh, wild, absolutely crazy stuff from you know showing the fiji mermaid or the the burmese pinheads yes. but uh, just you know one fraudulent event after the other and his saying you know there's a sucker born every minute and uh, thank god because he made a fortune off it <laughs> it's, it's, and it's funny because we see that same kind of behavior right now yes. with what's going on politically and the whole thing you just think yeah, seventy million people are weird. And so are the other seventy million. Yeah. And and so and so are the other seventy, eighty million. You know. Yes. Just depends purely on your perspective, doesn't it? It's crazy, but it's, it's great subject matter for chuckling. <laughs> yes. Definitely. It is. It's the ultimate comedy. Definitely. Ultimate comedy. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was gonna yeah. ask too, Michael. Is there? Does anywhere uh, currently uh, have a gallery of your work? No, I'm not showing. Uh, at, at, haven't for several years. Uh, I just have not been able to be in a situation to produce. And a year ago, here at my uh, house, uh, we've been out of the house for the last year. My studio was burned out, and uh, lost a lot of puppets. And, wow. and uh, really traumatic and i'm just now getting the the uh the house back in in shape and, and that's what i was gonna uh, ask i didn't i was gonna ask if like yeah either your garage attic or basement was like just full like a treasure trove of, of stuff 
Yeah, and and one one minute it was wonderful and attracted people and bemused them, and the next minute it was just a pile of char. You know, it was uh, very sad. Wow! Very sad. Yes. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, you know shattering. At the same time, then you become sort of this. Uh, great sage-like person saying, well, it was just material objects, just a bunch of crap anyway. So. Yeah, but still, it was also, yeah, it was yeah. also, yeah. Anything, anything to protect your soft spots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. But it's uh, great getting back to work. I was just working on a puppet today, as a matter of fact, so <sighs> trying to put the punch and Judy back together again. Whether or not I ever perform it, I don't know. But uh, at least I'll get it physically put back together. That and it's great to just great. know that you could still do it. I feel like that's that's an yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, that, well, that's 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 it. It's and it's uh, it becomes progressively more challenging as you get older. Obviously, you know, not only are you uh, hauling around a tremendous weight of, of uh, uh, that that accumulates in a show like that, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, and my son, when he was little, he sort of insisted on carrying everything, and I think he's done himself a terrible injury along oh, the way. No. He's, he's, you know, he's got sciatic and all kind of little back problems. And I thought, well, I guess that's what you get if you sort of lugging a Punch and Judy show around. So, so really, it was just you and your, your son that were doing the show together? You didn't have a crew or anything? No, just the two of us, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, it was a, a you know a fair sized show, so it was uh, very um, visible. Uh, so it was uh, you know the, the the stage made to look much bigger than it was. The uh, mm. you know hardware outside. If I was going to do cups and balls or you know some magic for you know, that all the magic gear would have to be out there. Right. Uh, but we well, we never worked with electric equipment, so we never had. Uh, to deal with amplification, so I don't know if I can still get that lung power up, particularly when people are probably going to be <laughs> separating all the way out there. I could, <laughs> you know, you get a sizable audience that could be half a mile away. Yeah. Oh my God. Six feet apart. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Kind of amusing to watch how this goes at this point. Yeah. But uh, I bought a sound system, so at least we have a sound system if we have to use it. That's great, Michael. But uh, I, I'm I'm intent on putting it back together. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. That's I, awesome to see. Still see to still see that drive in you. That that's a great thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's uh, it sounds kind of corny to say yes. Well, the Punch and Judy was the driving force in my creative life, but in fact it was. So I don't know what to say beyond that. It's uh, whether it sounds you know corny or not, but it uh, was the truth. So, it's honest. As long as it's honest and genuine, yeah, no, that's not corny. If you yeah. bring it, if you yeah. bring it back, is your son willing to do it with you again? Yes, yeah, that's it's awesome. uh, sort of a life a lifelong agreement he and I have <laughs> that if the show comes back together, he'll do his bit. Yeah, <laughs> no matter where he is, love it. In life, you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I made your I made your life. Yeah, I made <laughs> now you can pay me back. Right? Michael, it's been but he's a great sport and he does a great job with it too. He great must job be. he does. He must be. He sounds like it. Michael, thank you so much for talking to us again. We have to wrap it up though. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you what a joy this has been. Thank you very much. Great opportunity and uh 
hopefully we can do more in the future. I would love to. I would love to, and we will definitely be in touch, Michael. Have a great night, my friend. And you guys, too. Thanks a lot. No problem. Thank you. Cool. So cool. Oh, my gosh. We'll be back in a few minutes with Lucas Corvada. Robin Slim Show. Hey, it's Lucas. How's it going, guys? Good, Lucas. Lucas. Good. How are you? We're so glad to have you back on, dude. Oh, doing well, doing well. How, uh, how about yourself? Good, Happy good. Holidays. Happy holidays. Happy how holidays. How was your Thanksgiving? It was fantastic. It was just my dad, myself, and my mom. It was great. That's what I did. Yeah, it was, it was just great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear. Much. <laughs> how's it? How's, uh, yeah, how was yours? Good, good. Yeah, like just me and my parents just chilled. I think Slim was alone with his cat. Yeah, my um, well, my mother dropped off food for me, like oh, a big cool. plate of food, and then I just like got drunk and played video games <laughs> by myself. That's so cool with my cat. So you have the best holiday of, of us all three, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Slim wins. Slim won Thanksgiving. Lucas. Free food. I didn't have to deal with any family. I just got food. <laughs> you just got ribs. <laughs> you're living the life man yeah he's doing it right doing it right lucas um thank you thank you though uh we just had on for the second time michael mccormick thank you so much for connecting us dude and mm. I, I wanted to ask did, did you work with michael yeah i worked with michael on a couple of projects and he is his uh you know when i first met michael um i was i was going out uh, for I think it was like cocktails or something with my talent agent and uh, and her name uh, she's retired now but her name's Belinda Holbrook and she said hey do you mind if I invite some other uh, friends and actors and blah and I was like no of course not we went out and I met Michael for the first time with uh, with our mutual talent agent she's uh, Belinda and so you know we became really good friends we hit it off we've worked on projects together um, He's worked with Meow Wolf, I have, um, and he is so nice and such an inspiration. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've got to, uh, yeah, to hang out with him a few times, and, you know, um, he's just remarkable. Yeah. His stories are amazing. Yeah. And he just sounds like he'd be a guy you'd want to hang out with and just, you would never want it to end. That's the way I feel like every time we, we've had him on a few times and just like, yeah, I could have talked to that guy for hours. For hours, you know, and every now and then we try to do this where we get together as friends, a group of uh, uh, friends. But um, there have been a couple times, you know, where like, you know, other friends couldn't, couldn't meet up. And so it just end up being Michael and myself and we'd have, uh, you know, lunch together and um, and chat. And those lunches, you know, our time uh, would go for hours, literally yeah. wow. three, four hours just chatting, you know, talking about stuff that is so really in-depth, um, oftentimes, and, and other times, that things that were just so simple. And um, so, you know, he's just a remarkable guy, so talented. Um, I got to see his uh, a collection that he had before it burnt. I don't know if he told you. Just mentioned um, a large, it. I never knew that. Yeah, he had a large collection uh, burn, and... I was fortunate to be able to see it and um, to see a lot of it. And uh, um, seriously, uh, I've been there twice to his house and every single time, or to his collection, rather. Um, yeah. and, and the two times that I've been there, 
it was just remarkable and amazing. And every time I was at awe at different things that he um, um, that he did, he worked on primarily in film, you know, and uh, just remarkable. Yeah. Sounds it, dude. That's so cool. That's so Yeah, cool. if your listeners don't know who we're talking about, it is uh, Michael McCormick, and he was the... Uh, um, one of the props makers for Jim Henson and Star Wars, um, George Lucas, and uh, you know it's pretty interesting. He worked; with, he's worked with same with the same people that I worked with, but he worked with them back in the seventies, uh, eighties, um, and now we're working with each other in, uh, you know, in um, in well, what is it, twenty twenty? You know, yeah. uh, we do comic cons and stuff together, and so. He's good. He's friends with uh, with another director, Bruce Logan, who did Tron and he did Space Odyssey 2000 and just worked on a ton, ton of things. But he also worked with him on uh, Star Wars. And so it's really interesting when you get to go when you're at a, at a convention or you're, you know, in my case, I'm hosting the events and yeah. I have these cool guys just hanging out, shooting the shit, you know, talking about things they did and and um it's really cool. It's it's a great experience. So, yeah, and they're cool guys. Bruce Logan's another guy. You should get him on. Get him on. He's a nice guy, cool. uh, director, and um, yeah, overall great guy. Cool. You'll love him. I, I was just blown away that Michael was the one that made that little monkey puppet in Star Wars. That was <laughs> yeah, in uh, like, Jabba's palace. He created. He That's created our iconic. childhoods. Yes, yeah. like we. Wow. That's yeah, so cool. that thing is pretty damn impressive. Um, I love that. Uh, he's yeah. the funniest. He's the funniest character, you know, of all of them. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, just last year, uh, around su- around summertime a year ago, uh, he was working on a project, and and uh, we all met up for for cocktails. It was like a Friday, and and so a group of friends, there were like eight of us before COVID, obviously. And yeah. um, anyhow, and he just made finished making this new uh, this new prop and and this new character, and it is so cool. And the way it moves, you know, it's so realistic. Uh, the way you know they just make he makes those characters come to life, and yes. yeah. um, I, they're iconic. You put that on any you know put that anywhere, and everyone's gonna know what that is. You know what that character is from. So yeah. One of my friends, too, when I recently had told them about the first time we talked to him, they were like, yeah, that's, I feel like that's an artwork that'll never die because people always crave that. People always crave that almost live, you know, yeah. uh, interaction type of a thing. Like, it, it, it just, it's, it separates, it, it rises to another level. And even in, like, movies and, and TV shows, it always just looks better than CGI, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's more work oh. that goes into it. Yeah, a hundred times. Like, if you can do it um, with an actual item, you know, versus uh, CGI, yeah, you see that in there, you know, and, um, you know, it just becomes so iconic for, for certain films and the people that, that make it. It's such a talent and a craft. Um, I have some other friends, um, actually, now that I'm thinking back, that um, also do puppeteers and, and they make uh, these characters. Um and to to see that that amount of talent, um, they're, they're amazing people, you know. Uh, they they really do make it come to life. That's the the fun um, the fun thing. So uh, yeah, yeah, they're great guys. 
That's cool. Lucas, have you been uh, performing or, or working since the uh, COVID outbreak? <clears throat> you know, actually, in March, when everything shut down, like it was the next day, I lost all the comedy gigs, all the hosting gigs, um, pretty much in one day. I got tons of emails like, sorry, we have to cancel, blah. And so I, I haven't done any um, any stand-up, um, no hosting, obviously. Um, what I'm working on at the moment, although I've had a lot of auditions and I am in a, um, in a mini-series, um, I can't give away too many details. We filmed the pilot of it. Um, it is called, uh, I think I can give out the name Rainbow Clouds. Um, it's based on 1985 AIDS epidemic, yes. uh, based off of a stage play. I think we and, discussed it um, last time we, we did. Talked. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. I, I think, and so um, the network came back and, and they had to um, not to get into too much detail, but it was going to be done as a uh, as a feature film. Well, they came back and said, you know, um, they need to convert it over to a miniseries because uh, that's really what the driving force right now are, are miniseries and uh, not really films, but series. Yeah. And so um, that was pretty interesting. So they said, Hey, you know, um, they changed things over. We did our first pilot. It was amazing. Um, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm really excited for, for uh, the story. Um, and then I've had a ton of auditions, which are, which are really, it's really interesting. I think the, the film industry is gearing up for a lot of, um, work come 2021 and they're doing things in a way that is very safe i felt very safe on the film set um when i was when i was filming i felt uh very safe you know and and um and i felt that all the protocols for covid you know i don't know how long it's going to last but certainly i'm not um a first responder and and i i think you know like the nurses and doctors they they're the ones uh at the front line they're the ones that should have the the vaccines first and so, you know, yeah. maybe just a waiting game for us. But, um, you know, it's definitely a good time for any artist to have, uh, you know, and, and focus on whatever their, their craft is. Uh, um, I think this is a good time to to just hone and prepare for um, for things coming. I, I love um, I love hearing that you one project, you saying you felt safe. I, I think that's a great thing. That's, to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I felt safe, and, and there were some scenes where, um, you know, there, there's a scene where, actually two, where, where it's somewhat intimate with my partner, and, um, you know, and the entire time we just felt comfortable with, with each other and safe, and, and that is considering we didn't get rehearsal time. Um, oftentimes, you know, you'll get um, rehearsal prep time. You can uh, maybe get a stand-in to to run lines with you and stuff, but because of COVID, yeah, um, we really didn't have that opportunity. And um, and I know my scenes, my scenes specifically. I, I really don't um, can't speak for other the other actors, but for me, it was really an emotional time. You know, you find out your boyfriend. So um, so having run the the scene, you know, I'm thankful for for our uh, producers and everyone because. Um, yeah, they made you feel safe, and I was still able to run my lines with someone, you know, and, cool. and still be able to have a, a human connection because it really felt, um, and that was the first day of filming, it really felt like everything was so sterile. And um, and so uh, people that I've known and worked with on other films, it was just like, oh, you know, I, I love them. I wish I could give them a hug. You know, we don't even do elbows because yeah. we keep that distance. Um, 
but it did feel safe at first. It was a little awkward, but uh, yeah. you, get, you know, used to it and and you move on. Yeah. Some of that work, like, I don't know, uh, fist bumps. Sometimes I'm like, should I even do that with my buddies? Like, yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know what, what's cool or acceptable right now. It's like, like whatever, you know. Um, I I don't, uh, you know, if I'm here at the farm, like I went down to, uh, to my cousin's farm earlier today, had some business to do down there, and, um, you know, we're, we keep our distance, we do our thing, but it's not like we have to elbow each other or we have to do any of that shit, you know, we're just, I'm down there, I got to do what I got to do and, and pick up my, uh, pick up my, my orders and stuff and got to go, you know? And so, um, you know, we just treat it like it's any other time here on the farm, you know, where, where we live is a very small community, but, uh, then you go out to these bigger things and like, shit, you know, uh, got to stand in line at Walmart, you know? And, uh, and I saw the line actually yesterday. I'm like, screw that. I am, you know, I went to like another upscale. It was higher upscale. I'm like, damn, you know, you can pay, you know, more money for your product, but it's more con- convenience. And yeah, I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Lucas, I got sick and- <laughs> I, I, I saw too. I saw on your website the, the products <laughs> of your farm. Like you guys do a legit farm like you guys have stuff you sell online i was gonna ask too is there a lot that you sell locally are you saying you didn't think his farm was legit at first well i didn't think it was i didn't think it was a meth ring slam but i i didn't know i didn't know the 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 extent of farming i didn't know the reach of of a farmer (laughs) well you know there's a couple different ways you can interpret that you know what type of farm did i have um what type of farm do i have you know yeah it could be a farm of nothing but uh, hand boys you know um (laughs) <laughs> you know what type of farm do I have? Um, I do. I do have a lot of cocks. I will say that I've got a lot of chickens, a lot of hens, a lot of cocks. But um, so, yes, that so that is my cousin's farm, Casado's Farms. It has been. Um, I think his parents have owned it for about eighty years. In fact, um, so his uh, his mom um, she passed away, I believe, on Sunday. And uh, so I was just there at their farm today. And um, yeah, so keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. It's a lifelong, you know, 80 years of owning the company. Um, it's it's definitely, uh, it's a true, true brand. And people love yes. the product. It's a great, amazing product. Um, uh, you know, I, I fall a little short because I don't cook. So I'm kind of like, shit. That's, that's how I'd be. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I I'm not. Go, yeah. I don't know uh, if I could. I, that's how I'd be. I couldn't. I couldn't take over the farm. I'm, I'm, that's. Not, I'm not cut out for the farm. For, for the farmer life, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, we sell food products. Hmm, you kind of got to know how to cook. Um, so I, I uh, you know, I've been getting a little fancy with the spices lately. Um, I uh, yeah, it's actually been really fun. And um, yeah, so they. Uh, we do have a farm full fledged like that's uh um we actually what I have or what my parents have right now is they have it's a really small it's a micro farm they have um a couple rams or lambs rams chickens ducks um you know that's here immediately but um yeah it's a farm community where we live and it's really cool to be able to run down to the cousins get some food and run back with it you know it's like yeah. going to the grocery store um <laughs> 
Yeah. We just need to figure out the toilet paper thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like we're okay right now. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like toilet paper's all right at the moment. At the moment. <laughs> it, it could be. It could be scarce again. But right now, we're, we're okay. We're okay. There's got to be something on the farm you can use, like lamb's fur or something. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, some cloth. Some... <laughs> well, you know, there's some feathers. Yeah. <laughs> some terry cloth is that a thing i don't know is that a farmer term <laughs> give me that terry cloth over there <laughs> give me the terry cloth it's not the uh what is it potato sack <laughs> <laughs> <are> if <laughs> you do if you do want to go prime if you want to go prime you make sure you get the flower sacks now those are the things ah. uh that is that's the soft thing, but you know, uh, then you get flour all over the place. Just makes it just makes things easier to find sometimes. That's that's the best of both worlds. You, you powder, <laughs> you, your wife, you got it all. You got it all. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter if you're in Jersey or you're in Santa Fe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No matter who you are or where you are, that's that's the best. Yep. <laughs> that is so true. Hey, guys, um, I do have a couple, um, you know, I, I'd like to get some uh, some other friends booked on your show. You guys are great guys. And, um, yeah, so so if I can help you with that, you'll let me know. I, I want to yes. get some uh, some friends booked out there. This is pretty fun. You guys are great guys, and, and they they definitely enjoy it. So, we love uh, it, Lucas. And, like, um, we, uh, we've had you. We've talked to each other I don't know how many times, and we always have a blast, always have a great time. You're yeah. You're awesome. You're great people, Lucas. Well, one one of know, the few well. one of the few from the radio guest list. For, yeah, yeah, or just even from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how uh, how we ended up, but um but it's definitely, you know, and I've made some friends from you as well, which is pretty amazing, you know. Yes. A good network you guys have going on. Yeah, that that makes me happy too. Yeah, when I see that uh, either guests or whoever from our shows have connected and worked on things or, or just just known each other. Like I think earlier today I saw a post of David the producers that you liked and like that's just so cool, so cool. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, this is such a cool, almost a family, almost a family. You know, and that that's really what um what it's sort of like working on a film set, you know, and working here in um in film in New Mexico. Uh you just you know, there's guys that I'm working up with on um on Rainbow Clouds that I've worked with uh for the past ten years. I've seen them, you know, every year I see them on something. And um and at a certain point you just you know, stop counting how many times you've worked with each other. And he's just like, Hey, how's it going? You know? And, um, and it's just like working with family, you know, yeah. um, people. So, you know, it, it's just great that we have, uh, you know, we're fortunate. Um, it, it's been uh, rough for a lot of people. I know that has, has not been easy on, on people and their mental health, but, um, you know, whatever we can do to, uh, just make people laugh, you know, yep, just entertain I always felt that way about the show when we started too. Yeah, you know, everybody goes through some garbage or, or some shit, and they, they're just trying to get through their own crap. So give them mm -hmm. a couple hours to escape that, like, and laugh or whatever, laugh, cry, whatever. Yeah, I was um, I was doing a gig. It was a um, 
a gig in um, for a Pride event. And, um, you know, I'm saying all these naughty things about myself and whatever. And, you know, it's all raunchy. It's all funny stuff, but self-deprecating mostly. And, um, and so I did my bit, whatever, introduced the next act, got off stage, and a woman came up to me and she said, oh, you know, she apologized for laughing. I'm like, no, that's why I, I want you to laugh. Like, yes. you need to laugh. Self-deprecating, you need to go there. You need to laugh. But she said, you know, while you were up there, I live vicariously through you. And I forgot for a moment that while you were up there that her, she said that my son died and he was gay and he was uh, 17. He was in school bullied. um, And, uh, you know, he committed suicide. He was 17 years old. And so every time I, I, you know, whenever I get out there on on a stage, I'm like, well, you know, my day may have been shitty, but somebody else in the audience may have had a shittier day. Absolutely. And um, and my job is to make them laugh and let them forget because while I'm up there, I'm, you know, I forgot about my problems too. I just want, mm-hmm. want to remember what my line is, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, it kind of comes around. Yes, and that's the thing. Yeah, no, there's nobody that hasn't gone through some real, some tragedy of some sort in their own life. Yeah, like. So somebody yeah. is always dealing with something. I, I mean, we've even had times we've had to, you know, deal with some shit and then come on and do the show. Like, yeah, that's that's the whole thing of it. it it's the escapism. Yeah. It's escape. It's life, and it's let, giving people, um, you know, an outlet and um, yeah. and, and it's a voice. definitely an outlet for uh, the people behind the mic or, or in front of the mic, but. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So I do have a couple things going on. Casaldo's Farms is one of them. And, uh, and that's really cool if you have your listeners out there uh, listening and they want to. Uh, so the idea behind this is we'll make uh, gift baskets and they'll be able to uh, try the, the foods as well, prepare them with our recipes, but then add to their own and, and do their own recipes with their own foods um, or however they, they want to make it, you know. And... Um, so we've got that going on with Cassava's Farms and um, and Corvada Farms, which is actually the company I I actually own, is Corvada Farms, and um, and then we're going to be launching a CBD company here soon um, called the BioTrue CBD. Um, that's coming out, and um, yeah, just keep on. Work. We're just working here, guys. That's it. Always busy. Awesome, Lucas. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. It's always great talking to you. And, Thank and, you. And it, it always will be. And uh, we will definitely, definitely talk soon. Yeah. Cheers. Happy holidays. You guys have a great Christmas. And uh, if I don't get to chat with you before that, uh, you guys be safe. Love you guys. You too. Love you, Love Lucas. You too, Lucas. We'll Lucas. talk soon, my friend. Yes. Awesome. Take care. Bye, buddies. Bye. Yeah. Bye, my friend. We'll be back uh, with Chris Rustic from Obscure Anomalies. Robinson Show, we are back with Chris Rustic. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. How are you? Chris Rustic from the Obscure Anomalies podcast. That I am, the one and the only. The original. (laughs) The most obscure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I did. I checked your show out when I was doing show prep, and I, I I really dig it, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. How, what made you do start the show? Uh, my wife got tired of me researching things and telling her all the time. <laughs> so I basically was like, what better way to find people who actually care than to start a podcast? <laughs> That's amazing. So do you That's not amazing. share with her yeah, anymore then? Yeah, you're like, I'm not, I'm not 
telling her. I'm not telling I'm her. I'm like, if she wants to listen, she can find the podcast and leave right. a five-star review. You already whatever, said all you know. of it. Why do you got to repeat it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. But I love I love the topics you, you'd, you'd cover uh, from uh, Soylent, Soylent Green Steaks to uh, the most haunted uh, forest in, in Transylvania. Where do you find these topics? Uh, in all honesty, a lot of them I found while uh, basically growing up watching Ghost Hunters and you know Destination Truth. But a lot yes. of the um, like the wow. Soylent Green Steaks thing mm-hmm. was more recent news yes. because they just produced um, the first human cell grown steak in a lab. So I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I got to tell the world about that. Because <laughs> I, I know there's the plant based stuff, but yeah, now this is like next thing. level. This yeah. is, and where do they get it's the, the opposite? Where do they get <laughs> the cells? Do they just uh, pick it off the toe, or where, where do they they get a couple no, plates? Um, so I was reading about it, and what they do is. Hold on, I gotta cut you off here. Wait, hold on, Chris. Wait, Chris, I gotta cut you off. This is what they do. They have a bunch of guys that are dressed like ninjas, and they come (laughs) with like a dumpster truck. And Charlton Heston is around somewhere, and they load all the people into these trucks, and they turn them into food. (laughs) You know, it would make a great movie. It sounds like it really would. Charlton Heston is just punching that, right? people. He just, yeah. you know, it's people. It's people. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You uh, can continue with the truth. So, so yeah, so what they would do is they get the human cell from the inside of, um, like the swab of your cheek. That's what I thought. And then using using donated blood, you know, the blood that's going to expire that they can no longer use. They're using that to help kickstart the process. And voila, like four, uh, I think it was like four weeks later, maybe four months, you had a human steak. Wow, is it good? I, I was gonna say. Would, I don't know. Would you? Would you I be brave enough to try it? it. <laughs> I think people would eat I it. I mean, I think homeless people. I might. mean, technically, it's not cannibalism. Right. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if it's, gen- it's a, if it's grown like in a lab, like you're not really eating something that was a human soul at some point, right? It's, no, there's no, no soul exactly. attached. Yeah. That's, that's soulless. That's soulless. It's just meat. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know what? I bet you I taste pretty good. I I give it a shot. Try anything once. Yeah. Oh man, man, that's a, that is some wild, wild shit. Yeah, it it really is, and you know, I'm kind of not. Sh- I'm kind of shocked that it's only this late that this is happening. I feel like they've been trying this. Oh, you, I'm sure people have been yeah. trying this. At least forty Pro- years. Probably at least since, 40 since, years. since we discovered cloning technology in the uh, early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, since 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 the, the the mouse with the ear. Yeah, that's well, well, she... like that's the only good reason to clone anybody is you need food. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you gonna do with a clone? <laughs> yeah. Oh goddamn! Oh. Or I love the name of it too, Chris. It was like the Ouroboros thing. Like, oh, that was called the, yeah. Ouroboros. Oh, the yeah. Ouroboros. It's about the the snake, the self eating snake that you see. You know that symbol. Oh, the snake. Like, what better name? Could it's they, uh, yeah. What better name could they pick for it? I I prefer the Soylent Green uh, steak. You prefer Soylent. <laughs> yes. Well, I I think the issue is doesn't that dude have that meal plan shake? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, Soylent. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just called Soylent. Uh, we sell it in the, the retailer that I work for. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, don't, I, I feel like uh, all the millennials, they don't know the real Soylent. Yeah. They don't know the real Soylent. Like, no. They, they, no, 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 no. They know Bumblebee. Oh. I think that guy that makes those Soylent shakes, though, is like murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would not shock me at all. No, in his basement. Probably life's just... expensive. <laughs> Like, it's not easy to find willing victims. <laughs> no. But if enough time has passed well, hey, where they don't remember. You must be onto something. Yeah. That stuff stuck around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, do you have something special planned for Christmas? Oh, man. You know, this might actually be the first year I don't. I'm trying to find some good Christmas legends to come up, uh, you know, to research for. That, it, but that's what I was wondering. for even like life in general i don't know anything like besides really knocked everything down yeah yeah there's covid but i don't know anything besides krampus for, yeah, for christmas I'm trying to run through things um there, there's there's quite a few different things um there was black peter but he's now getting a new name because you there's know black obviously peter. that's not really culturally acceptable <laughs> I like Black Peter. Who's Black Peter? <laughs> or Bleeder? Bleeder. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there there, there are quite a few things, and part of me wants to keep it secret because I kind of want to use them and not spoil them. Yeah. Um. Uh, but Krampus is the big one, and I don't know why all of a sudden, within the last few years, he really picked up popularity. He did. Yeah. He took off. He's He's the top of the list. Just because he's got chains, uh, everybody loves a good chain. Chains and a wig are <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> you sure it has nothing to do with the whacking and wailing on of children? I feel like that's something people want to do too. And, and that's the thing. So like, why not yeah. have a mythical creature do it? <laughs> we live vicariously through that. A German mythical <laughs> creature. <laughs> well, isn't that what all Krampusnacht is about? <laughs> oh... Oh man, there's no better there's no better fear to put in a child than Krampus. I feel like, you... <laughs> I mean, I feel like there'd be well more behaved children if, like, you know, instead of just coolest punishment, there was a good whipping, <laughs> kidnapping, whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Krampus did, and no one questioned it. No, it's okay because he's Krampus. He was just. Doing the right stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing what he was made to do. He, I mean, he was keeping the people in check. Could you even imagine bringing Krampus to court over child abduction? <laughs> I feel like he would just show you one and you'd be yeah. like, okay, I understand now. <laughs> right. I get it. Case dismissed. <laughs> yeah. It's the Case. worst of the worst. Okay, we're good. Yeah. We'll just strike uh, that one. I mean, you're a half goat man with chains and a sack. I guess. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close the, the book on this one. <laughs> I saw two, Chris. They just walk in and walk out. <laughs> what are, what are what? phantom vehicles? I saw Ooh. you did a, an episode on I phantom vehicles. Is that like Carrie? <laughs> Carrie? Oh, so. Christine. So what? Yes. The haunted vehicles, right? Yeah. Um, no, I actually didn't do Christine. There are. A couple few legendary haunted cars, you know. Dragula? to kill its riders. Um, <laughs> but the one I thought was really cool because it, it had to do with, like, the KGB when they used to come and take people. It was the phantom car. And because all they would see was this strange vehicle that only the basically the government drove, 
would take people in the middle of the night never to be seen again. And so over time, that itself became a haunted car legend. Wow. And eventually it became a specter instead of, you know, like a governmental person taking you. Oh, okay. Count Dragula. I I just, I don't know. Because Rob mentioned Christine, I'm thinking of yeah. that. That what was that other one that Stephen King did? The Maximum Overdrive was that what it was called? With that, <laughs> that <laughs> might be my favorite Stephen King movie ever. And I don't care what anyone says about that. What about that one, Kim Kardashian? Uh, that was a, that was a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I that's... think I've seen that one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so being in the uh, all the the stuff you're into, are you upset with the uh, conclusion of Supernatural? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've not had time to watch the last season and a half. Oh, okay. I am. I'm very hush about it, and I've been keeping strong uh, by watching The Mandalorian. But I need to get on that, and that's <laughs> next on my list. I haven't gone. To I just know to any of those. Hmm? I, I, I feel no, like I still need to watch this, but I yeah. I, I, I watched I watched the first five seasons of Supernatural, and then I watched like the penultimate episode just because. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I feel like when you you know have a podcast that requires research, you end up losing a lot of your free time. Right. Yes. Yes. I I did not think it was going to be that much work in the beginning. <laughs> Dude, that's why I feel like your show is too much research. Like. I, I, I do I guess know. prep about, you know, uh, for the guests I have on, but I feel like your show is a whole other level of prep. I, I think it's my FOMO, fear of missing out of anything I actually want to say and then being called out on it. <laughs> well, there, there's got to be some so, things that you find, too, that are just, like, very short. Like, you only find, like, a sentence on it, and you're like, what the fuck? There's got to be more to this. Right. <laughs> oh, I, well, that's exactly why this last episode... I, released today i included two i included like two cases that were very similar to each other um the uh space penguins of tuscumbia and the canula humanoid over in finland they were both green both about three feet tall and had like a very scuba diving suit looking thing so i threw them together gotta make it last yeah um but i also had uh a short-lived segment, which will be coming back soon, um, called a nominees. And uh, what it was was the stuff that was basically only about five minutes worth of information went into those. Okay. Can you tell us about the uh, mon- monoliths that are randomly appearing and disappearing? Yes, we we looked at that earlier. We were we were a little freaked out. Oh, uh, I've only just started looking into that and. I honestly have no clue on the outskirts. I, my mind just wants to scream some world hoax to bring a weird end to 2020. <laughs> right. Yes, that's what I was like. I was like, you know, let me text my cousin in Bulgaria. How awesome would it be with like this buildup of a whole terrifying end to 2020 and then it just turned out to be a hoax? <laughs> I think it's Trump. I think it's yeah. Trump. <laughs> Oh yeah, I get, think it's the know, monolith. Back, he's like. Yeah. I was oh. gonna say, I think it's but, the monoliths that stopped him from being elected. Oh yes, um, yes, that's the other theory. That's the other. That's oh, the it, theory. 
It was uh, like magnets for, you know, the votes by mail. Right. It sucked. It sucked all the Trump votes and, and, Trump and threw them to the other monolith. Yeah. And, and now they're Biden votes. I feel like he's going to repeat that. He's like, see, these guys said that on their podcast, and it's truth. <laughs> well, it's we're behind court. it, so when it shows up on Alex Jones next week, we, we know that we started it. <laughs> at least we've done something with our lives. I mean, at oh, least yeah. we don't... Something tr- good came out of my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I mean, it's also, there was like a recent zombie apocalypse, apparently, where all these zombies just rose and uh, yes. voted for Biden. And I then feel like that's a, uh, something you should go uh, touch on, Chris. All the zombies that applied for, for voting privileges. <laughs> under- you know what? I'm going to throw it out there. Once we're dead, we still matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all for zombie votes. Dead lives matter. <laughs> dead votes matter. <laughs> I'm saying that even Satan was like, we got to get this Trump guy out. Yeah. Bring, bring the dead. <laughs> I'm bringing back. I'm bringing back a bunch of these fuckers to, to vote. He sent them down to send, you know, little things throughout the year. He just took the whole list and ran with it. <laughs> oh, goddamn. Chris, I love two in your show. I love you mispronouncing words or butchering. Butchering some of the words. I butcher them horribly. Horribly. And I don't care how many times I listen to how they sound. When I'm recording it, I still stumble across them every time. That's I, I do. I have that too. Sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, "Okay, this is how I pronounce this name or this word," and still, when we're on live, I still, I still do it wrong. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but it, it's going to happen. Like, I, I have an episode that has a bunch of Spanish words coming up, and I'm actually fairly good at Spanish. I just cannot roll my R's. Oh. For the life of me, never got that down. <laughs> I love one of you. One of your iTunes reviews is like, I'll give him, it's a four-star review, and it's like, I'll give him a fifth star when he can pronounce the words properly. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's angry about you mispronouncing their conspiracy About theory. you rolling the R. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, so I, I'm purposely reading that review in my next episode anyways because I'm going to horribly pronou- mispronounce a bunch of Spanish words because I can't roll an R. <laughs> so I thought it'd be funny to That's throw that great. one in there in the beginning. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I looked last night. I was like, oh, my God, this guy. This guy. Is, All right, that's if that's my like worst review. I'm I'm good so far. Yeah, I. At least it's like decent critique. It's not just like here's four stars just because. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Or or here's one star just because you know I'm I'm pissed off at something something you said. Like we get the some other podcast in the paranormal world said this, and you have a different outlook. Here's <laughs> one star. <laughs> have you ever had beef with another show, Chris? I have not yet. Thankfully not. I've made a lot of good friends. The the world's been pretty nice to me so far. That's good. It doesn't last. The world is the world could turn at any any point, Chris. I have to say the only two worlds I've ever been in that have all been pretty positive has been podcasting and beer. <laughs> What's your beer choice? Oh, it really depends on the time of year, and right now it's a good stout. Um, mm. I've actually been really fond of this uh, one-star stout from a local brewery. It's a uh, Belgian white ale, but in but it drinks like a stout, and it's calling 2020 basically one star. <laughs> and it is delicious. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, you said it was a Belgian white, but it's a stout. 
Yeah, it, it's like a bells. It's like a white stout. Huh. So it pours okay. like really clear, but it has all that like heavy like. Well, it's actually lighter, but it still t- feels on that heavier cocoa-y side right. like you get with the stout. Cool. And, and it's just smooth and all-around delicious, and I can probably drink way more than I should at 11%. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently got into the uh, real deep into the cocktail world, and that's just as like happy as the beer world. <laughs> the cocktail community is amazing. <laughs> I know that's uh, one world I haven't gotten too oh. much into, even though I do love a good, you know, mixed drink and all that. But I knew a lot of bartenders growing up and even now, but some more beer for me. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I was really big into the craft beer and I still go back and forth. But just yeah. this past like year has but, just been like cocktails for me. That made me think <laughs> so. of it. Yeah. Where even earlier tonight, someone's like, I haven't just drank beer all night. Yeah. So I actually just I, I got a six pack of um. Celebration Ale uh, from Sarah Nev- uh, Nevada. Nevada, yes. Celebration Ale is what I'm drinking tonight instead of my usual cocktail. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with a cocktail. My my recording drink of choice is scotch, so okay. every time I record, I usually have a nice little glass right there. Single malt or it doesn't matter? Um, it doesn't matter. It's usually what I, ha- I have at the time, but... Uh, I've been, um, it's a uh, Glenn Levitt. I okay. think it's like a 17 year and it's mold. a really nice, like smoky yeah. scotch. Yep. Some of it is good. But yeah, I've actually learned, uh, my first episode, I was so freaking drunk. I don't even remember how it came out and I refuse to take it down even though it's embarrassing yeah. to me. Good. I love that. <laughs> I have so many shows where I'm like, oh my God, oh, yeah. I don't remember after this opening sentence no i'm like you know what if they can't handle me at my worst then you know they, they don't, don't deserve, deserve me at my best <laughs> i love that plus i think it's interesting when you see shows grow from like their first episode all the way up no you know and never given up yes mm. yes that's cool I, I was gonna ask too chris have you ever done anything on jersey or like the jersey devil because that's Jersey. I have oh, Jersey has. Oh, Jersey has. Jersey Devil. One of my all-time favorite legends always has been. Yeah. Um, so since cool. I was young. But, like, the stuff like that, as much as I want to touch upon them, everyone else does. Yeah. And I know eventually I'm going to, but those big cases like that, it's going to take a lot of work and time. So I'm thinking of you know, within the next couple seasons starting those, because I've been slowly researching them and building them up. There's just so much on it to, like, really have in a two-week turnover. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, too, uh, that's the weird New Jersey That's what I was just going to bring up. I I was actually curious if that's state-to-state, because, like, weird New Jersey, there's some really obscure and, like, interesting things in there. And a lot in a a stupidly little state. Yeah, I wonder if, like, every state... I touch upon in my uh, Haunted Tree episode. Yeah, uh, Jersey has a couple of um, trees. <laughs> like a, uh, why can't I think of what it's called the off the top of my head now? We got three. But we have to go three. up to it, and you're supposed to be able to hear like screams in there. Yeah, you put your head up into it, and like snow doesn't touch the ground around. It's like the devil's tree. Yeah, yeah. There, I don't there's know. If a lot the of devil's one. things. There's one. There's the devil's water tower. Yeah. There's the devil's curb. There's a lot of devil's things. <laughs> oh man, oh. you guys get the boring stuff. At least ours grows hops for beer. We have a hop yard in Connecticut. <laughs> you have haunted hops. The devil's hops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what 
is it? There's a tree in Jersey that, like, legend is if you try to, like, cut it down, you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, like, the same tree. There's, like, a that's... ton of offshoots on it. One's in Tom's River. It's just, like, a tree that's shaped like an L. If you pick a pine... <laughs> Needle, you're gonna have an inverted toenail. <laughs> There's a lot of devils. And a lot of haunted trees. And a lot Jersey. of haunted trees. You run over the devil's curb, you're gonna get a devil's flat tire. <laughs> get a, a devil's, devil's hemorrhoid. Tire. Step on the devil's crack, break your mother's back, you know. All, all the devil legends. Get a devil's black head. They're yeah. no good. None of them are good. A lot of devils in <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> Just throw the devil in it. Makes it scary. Never, never <laughs> fall devil's into the line. devil's devil's pond. Is no. don't want to go swimming in there. <laughs> the devil's puddle. You the don't want to go near that devil's, devil's, devil's puddle. puddle. The and devil's puddle never dries up. It's always there. Yeah. <laughs> the and that thing, no matter how hot it is, it never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Other fucking devil's puddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Only God. in Jersey. Only <laughs> in Jersey, Chris. <laughs> Makes it's, me glad to be, uh, you know, in Connecticut. I don't have to worry about no devil puddles. No, it's got a little oil on the top. You can see it, like, it's a little rainbowy. It looks what, shiny. What state has all the angels? Right? I feel like California, Ooh. Los Angeles. Yeah. Where are the angel trees and the angel puddles? Yeah. <laughs> angel curbs, angel water towers. They, they, they left a while ago, man. <laughs> Rich is like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Jersey. Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> oh, goddamn. Chris, thank you so much for talking to us, man. It's been a blast. It's been a ton it's of been laughs. been a devil of a time. Yeah. It's been a good old devil of a time. It really has, guys. It really has. Where can everybody find you and your show? Uh, I can be found wherever podcasts are found. Uh, just look up Obscure Anomalies. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm on all of them. Uh, more active on Twitter. Cool, man. Thank you so much, Chris. And when this show goes up, I'll send you all the, all the links. All right. Thank you so much. Have, Have a, a good night, Chris. Okay. Have a good you too. devil's night, Chris. It was a devil good time talking to you. <laughs> it definitely was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be yeah, we'll back be back with some devil's yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm going to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that beach. Got a good beach time there, Jess. <laughs> God, I, I wish we could suck on each other. I want to suck on you too. I'm gonna suck you so hard. Suck me. C can we do this? Are, are we allowed to do this? I don't care. I just want you. Fuck all of this. Let's just get the hell out of here and be whatever the fuck we want. That's evolution. That's progress. I want a family. Can we have a family? Yeah. I'm more alive than I've ever been. Oh. <laughs>